Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Parent Q Live. Carlos Whitaker here with Kristen Ivy. Christina, we are going to be talking about family traditions today. Family, family traditions. Do you have some? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. it depends on which kid you ask. Oh, oh that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, have they gotten less with, as the, as you get get more kids, or, or have you developed more? Just different more? personalities. Yeah. I think my oldest was born for traditions. If uh, we did it yeah. one time, it yeah. was a tradition, and he'll remind us over and over and over again that this yeah. is what we always do. Yeah. I I feel like my middle, she might not know even if we've done it a hundred times sure. the same way that yeah. that it's a tradition. Well, you know, and and I've 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 learned with my kids that uh, honestly, even if they don't seem into it it's important to keep pushing through yeah. these traditions because yeah. now that my kids are teenagers now, th- it's way more important even to them that, and cause we, we started dropping some traditions. Um, we are like, Oh, let, let's try some different ones. And the second we drop, Hey, 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 are, we're supposed to go to home Depot, that home Depot. And I'm the one that gets to put the Christmas tree on top. Even things that we didn't mean to become yeah. traditions. Right. They become traditions. That's how it was with our first kid. I mean, he decided we had a tradition long before sometimes we thought we did. Yeah. It was like, no, 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 no. That's how we no, did it. That's how we so did it. So we're going to do it that way every time. So one of the traditions that we have as a family that we do every single Christmas is um, we as a family go to this used bookstore called McKay's in Nashville, Tennessee. And it's, it's just a massive warehouse with tons of used books. And everybody takes off and finds a book for each member of the family. And so um, it's it's actually, it's, it's been so fun. So the kids, as they've gotten older, it's really cool because you're starting to see them really pay attention to the individual characteristics of the other members of the family. And so, you know, so Hela, she's 15 now. She goes and she finds me a fly fishing um, book, you know, and it may be like 1979 used, but, but it's cool, you know? And so we're finding things for every member of the family. And we do that every, I want to say it's the day before Christmas Eve. Um, so Christmas Eve, Eve, we go to McKay's and the kids love it. And, um, we spend about an hour looking for books for each other. So that's that's amazing. Carlos, actually one of the first conversations that we ever had together on this podcast was with you about the idea of moment maker, which is a book you released, um, to help families, yeah, create, receive, and rescue moments. Just be be intentional with to create, with, yeah. receive, and rescue rescue moments. Yeah, I mean, I'm not na- like naturally as creative as all that. Like that bookstore sure. scenario, I'm just sitting yeah. here thinking, wow, my family traditions are not that yeah. Yeah. cool. Like that's pretty yeah. cool. That's a pretty cool tradition. Yeah. Well, we and have fun so with it. super fun to get to hear some of the things that you guys have created. What are some other things you do around the holidays? You know, around the holidays, um, one thing that we do again at Christmas and this, this kind of accidentally happened five years ago. Um, Heather's like, Hey, let's make homemade pasta. Like just, uh, just us. Like um, actual, like yes. Homemade pasta doesn't mean you open the box and put it in the water. No, 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 no. So we, we get the flour, everything. And so, um, like, cause homemade means like I boiled it at home. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Th- okay. This is, this is, and we, and it was a hot mess and it was so disgusting. Sayana and I were in charge of the actual pasta pasta. So like I went on YouTube and found out how to, how much flour in the eggs. And wow. so we, we do that. Um, Sohela, Sayana and oh, excuse me, Sohela, which is my oldest daughter, Losaya, my son and Heather make the sauce. And so it, the sauce, I'm telling you, you've never tasted a sauce like this. It takes them all day long to make the sauce. It takes I'm Sayana hungry. and I all day long to make the pasta. And the first batch of everything we made was absolutely horrible. Like if <laughs> it was so embarrassing to Italy, I, I apologize, but to Mexicans, Koreans were making this, but now like we're five years into the tradition 
And this is some good stuff. Like we are, we now make, and it's so fun because now like Seon and I, this is our thing. Like we make, we make the pasta and we've gotten, hey dad, remember last year we did this? So let's, we don't make pasta any other time. So it's just fun. It's another tradition that we have. That's great. I love that idea. And I'm always looking for fun ideas, especially around the holidays when you yeah. feel like you want to kind of up the holiday traditions. Yeah. And so that's why I can't wait for our guest today. Yeah. We're talking to Brad. Yeah. Brad from F- FYU. FYI. 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 Yeah. So Fuller Youth Institute, they are just sharp researchers. But even more than that, Brad is a good friend of ours, friend of the podcast. And just really an incredible dad. He is. He is. He, he's a good dad. And so you had an opportunity to talk to Brad and have a conversation just about some of the things you do in your own families and why traditions matter. Yeah, we, we did. And so I would love for you guys to, um, I mean, this is, this is going to be something that I think really could change the trajectory of a lot of your um, a lot of your celebration times around your family. Brad is super intentional. So um, hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation between myself and Brad Griffin. Here we go. Well, Brad, thanks for hanging out with us here at Parent Q Live. You are in California and I'm currently in Actually, I don't know where I am. I'm in a random hotel room somewhere <laughs> in Virginia. And we're going to have a conversation just for a few minutes about really what does it mean to make moments through the holidays? Um, I'm going to just start off with, honestly, maybe the deeper part of this question, which is something that we were talking about a little bit for before I hit record. Talk to us a little bit, Brad, about maybe the pressure that families put on themselves when it comes to, to holiday traditions and Thanksgiving and Christmas and all those things. And maybe, maybe yeah. why we get a little overwhelmed with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, Carlos, but I, sometimes I get anxious just hearing that holidays are coming, yeah. you know? And, and I think, and when I talk to other parents, it feels like that, that anxiety level rises when we start to think about the season ahead. And yeah. you know, you would wonder why that is. And I think that part of it is that we create so much expectation mm. around it. And I think as parents, we put a lot of expectations on ourselves. I mean, look yes. at the cultural messages around the holidays, you know, the, the commercials, even the, the movies, the things we see that the messages are all about, like, create that special moment. The and, perfect moment. Um, the perfect dinner and the perfect <laughs> yeah. gift. And, you know, we're all trying for perfect in this season where we already know it's not attainable. Yeah. And, and yet we've, we've already set the expectation at the point that we can't meet it. So it's, it's mm-hmm. sort of like self-defeating <laughs> going yeah, into the totally. season. <laughs> and, and everything, everything around us reinforces, Hey dad, you know, Hey mom, you're going to be a failure this Christmas. Yeah. Um, so get ready for it. And so it's just like, that amps us up, you know, mm. uh, more than we need. So I, I wonder about, you know, what would it look like to just do some level setting yeah. um, uh, around holidays for ourselves yeah. and for our own families? Yeah. Um, you know, what would it be like if we, if we were honest with, you know, our parents or mm. our in-laws mm-hmm. about what we can and can't do? Um, yeah. What if we sat with our kids and just said, hey, what's what's like one hope each of us has? Uh, What's one thing we want to do? It's one thing we really don't want to do in in this season. 
you know, maybe if we talk ahead of time, we can think about, gosh, what would be one win for each person in our family? Ooh, that's good. And, and, and maybe we could say no to some things. Yeah. You know, like maybe we wouldn't lose all our friends if we actually said no to a few things this holiday season. Yeah. Um, I think that can do a lot to help man- manage our anxiety. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I really relate to that as a, as a family who plucked up from Los Angeles, California and moved to Atlanta, Georgia about 10 years ago, we felt this incredible pressure to fly my entire family back to Southern California every Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we did it for about four years until it about destroyed us over the holidays. Every single time it was, we would come back more exhausted. Not to mention your bank account. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's like, you know, when you mentioned that, you know, in passing, it's like, well, no, it's just kind of an expectation that, and really it was a false expectation that we placed on on ourselves and a pressure. Because finally, when I talked to my parents and my wife's parents, they're like, we don't expect you to fly back here. But again, that was because we weren't doing what you said to do. And that's, how about sitting down and having a conversation? You know, like asking, what is your expectation? What is a hope? And so now what do we do? Every two years, we find a way, if we can afford it, to fly all of us back. And um, I, I, I just love that having that conversation, saying it out loud is, is one of the points that you had. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think asking ourselves, okay, what are the non-negotiables? And then what might be up for negotiation? Mm. Um, and a lot of us live in that space of trying to renegotiate what holidays mean to yeah. our extended family for our families, you yeah. know? So, I mean, my, my kids are 15, 12 and nine. And, you know, sometimes it still feels like my wife and I are renegotiating. What are our own family traditions? <laughs> and, <laughs> How do we, what are we going to have to say to who, you yep. know, in order to kind of make this uh, a holiday that we'll enjoy um, yeah. or that our kids will enjoy? And, and some of that means also renegotiating with our own kids. You know, yeah. I find that um, we always think about kids as being flexible and, you know, they like new things and yeah. they're adventurous. And that's true to an extent, but they're also creatures of habit just like the rest of us. And they build up these me- memories and expectations and yeah. hopes and, um, sometimes we miss as parents if we don't ask, mm. you know, what, what is it that's actually important to you? You yeah. know, like which parts of this matter most? And it would really, it probably uh, surprises yeah. us. It's going to surprise us when we yeah. hear what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it does. Yeah. And sometimes we got to push our family in an uncomfortable space. You yeah. know, a, a couple of years ago, we had done what you were talking about <clears throat> for a long time. Um, we, we would typically stay, uh, home for Thanksgiving and we would fly for Christmas to family. And, um, and we had these great, we built up these great rituals around our time together at home at Thanksgiving. And then we flipped that and we went at Christmas. I'm sorry. We, we flew it at Thanksgiving and we stayed home at Christmas. And Uh the first year at first, our kids were kind of devastated. They were like, what do you mean? What do you mean we're not going to be home at Thanksgiving? And then like, what do you mean we're, we're not going to be at grandma's at Christmas, you oh, know? Wow. Um, and that was, that was really unsettling for them. But then when we actually did it, yeah, they loved it. Yes. <laughs> and, and part of what they loved is we, we got to sort of reimagine some traditions together, you know, and some yeah. ways of being together that ended up being, um, really, really special. So, you know, we, we had some special memories 
by doing something different uh-huh. um, and by preserving some of what mattered most, Yes, you know, for, for our family. Yeah. T- talk to us a little bit about that, about we, we've got kids who, again, they're building expectations year after year that maybe we don't know about it. What, what's important about offering traditions over the holidays to our kids? What, why is, why is that so important? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we remember what's repeated. Mm, that's good. We remember what's repeated. It's true for all of us. And so, you know, what when we talk about traditions, often we're talking about practices, yeah. sort of ways of doing life together and ways of doing life together around certain seasons or certain mm. events or certain, um, um, you know, kind of life experiences. Yeah. And so those practices shape meaning for us. Mm. So this is actually, this is much more than sentimentalism. You should, sometimes that word, you know, we get sentimental about the holidays or yeah. whatever, um, which sort of means you're remembering something the way it was. Mm. But it's actually much more than that. Practices, they shape meaning um, around our understanding of, of ourselves mm. and of belonging. So there's a deep way and I think there's something specifically, you know, around Thanksgiving and Christmas for whatever reason um, in our culture that that makes us pretty strong. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of meaning around the practices that tell us we belong to this family. Yeah. We belong to this people. Um, it's why people who are lonely over the holidays, it's so much more intense. Mm. You know, it's it's so much more devastating to be alone on one of those big holidays, which actually I think for those of us who are embedded in families, it presents an incredible opportunity for us to show hospitality around the holidays. You know, like one of the ways we can make our own holidays more meaningful is being a table, being a space where somebody who's single, Mm. where somebody who's 2000 miles from their family, you know, where, where somebody who, who is it maybe, uh, estranged from, you know, that there's, there's hard relationships in their family and they're not going to be with them. What if we make room at our table for those people? Wow. That creates all kinds of meaning because suddenly we're, we're extending that belonging, yeah. you know, um, and showing our kids, Hey, there's a bigger story here about meaning making yeah. uh, around <laughs> holidays. This isn't just a time to look inward at right. our family at, at ourselves. Um, but it actually can be a time that we open up what it means to be the family of God. Yeah. I love Uh, that, man, that it's, it doesn't just have to be about your nuclear family. And I, I, I love the potential and the opportunity that, you know, that's there. So again, parents that are listening, you know, as you're creating moments and traditions around the holiday season, make sure that you're not just looking inward, that you're looking outward. And it it would be a great way to get the kids um, to do that as well. Talk, Talk to us a little bit about, you know, there may be some parents out there, not maybe, I know that there are, because we're moving at such a quick and rapid pace of life that um, some of these things are difficult for some types of personalities to figure out, right? So there's just some people that they they may not be, I don't know what to do, Brad. Like, I don't know, like, should my tradition be opening one present the night before? And they And they get really stressed out about that. So let's make it simple. Let's just talk about maybe a couple traditions that that you've maybe your family has done, maybe my family has done, and give some people some ideas. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, before I share an idea, I want to say this. I think you said something really, really important there. Of let's 
talk it out. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, just like you and I are talking about it now, man, I find in my own family, you know, what my wife and I have a pretty low conflict relationship, but where we get in trouble is when we don't talk about something and wow. both of us are assuming yes. what the other is thinking or what the other is planning. And that's where we get, we get in, in, in trouble is like, Oh, I was thinking this. Oh, I was thinking this, yeah. you know, what happened? Well, we didn't talk about it. Right. Mm, that's good. <laughs> and, um, and I think that in our families, as we look towards holidays, we don't talk about them enough. Yeah. And we make assumptions, you know, well, oh, I assumed we were going to do this this year because that's what we always do. Or, right. you know, that's what we did last year. And just getting it out there in the open yeah. can help diffuse some of that anxiety. Um, so so our own traditions. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that we're talking about this now because I'm thinking, man, we got to start having this conversation at my house yeah. because... <laughs> Um, because this year we are going to be, um, traveling at Christmas. Okay. And one thing that we started doing when our kids were little, um, was we knew we were going to be away at Christmas. And so we wanted some special traditions that were just our family to kind of hold. Okay. Um, and that's hard to do when you're in somebody else's house and you're at somebody else's table, you yeah. know, and to celebrate the holiday and those family members really kind of claim, you know, authority over you in that space. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. like if you're, you know, if you're, if you're in mama's house, she's going to, she's going to determine what you eat and how you <laughs> so open good. gifts. And, you know, those are the realities that, that most families are navigating, right? Yes. So, so my wife and I actually totally stole this idea from another family who we respected, who had kids older than ours. And they said, um, what they did is that we took on, we kind of adapted it for ourselves, um, is just doing three gifts for each kid okay. to keep it simple. Um, knowing that grandparents and everybody else are going to pile on plenty of other yes. gifts, right? <laughs> so to try to keep that in, under control. Three gifts so there's an expectation. And then we spread them out, one gift a week. Oh. Um, the okay. Sundays leading up to Christmas. Okay. So, so like, you know, some traditions celebrate um, Advent and, and some don't, but just thinking about kind of those weeks that lead up to Christmas. And we yeah. said, what if we take a Sunday night every week um, starting after Thanksgiving and we just do a family, we, you know, um, we, we read something, we might sing a song um and we we each open one gift yeah now it's that has turned out to really help simplify it also helps um reduce some of the you know we all get frustrated with our kids when they're just all about tearing open the, the gifts and like sure. show me the next thing yeah and yeah they look at it and they toss it aside and they go to the next package and you're like wait wait, wait i thought for months about that gift you know <laughs> or like do you know how much i paid for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, so instead they're just opening one thing right? Um, and that. you know, they may appreciate it or not, but it's, that's it. Yeah. For this week. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. So, um, but that takes some talking and some planning, you know? Yeah. So one of the things I'm thinking about while we're doing this interview is, Oh, we got to get on top of that. You yeah. know, we, we have to think about it, but man, I'll tell you on the flip side of that, by the time we get to Christmas itself, yeah. There's way less anxiety because we're not staying up late wrapping anything. Right. We're not buying last minute gifts. Like we're done. Good. And it's just about handling the family stuff, you Look know, the that. extended family stuff. Yep. Um, which turns out to be 
plenty of stress, you know, yeah. like that's fine. We <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. You know, there's a lot of wisdom in gifting experiences yeah. um, or you know, doing experiences together as part of, you know, that that tradition or that gift. Um, yeah. And the other thing is that you're nurturing thoughtfulness towards each other, yes. you know, that we're trying to teach our kids this season is about um, being generous to each other, caring mm-hmm. for each other. Um, I my my kids do this in different ways. We 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 kind of hit or miss on how intentional we are okay. with having our kids get gifts for each other. Yep. Um, but you know, last year one of my kids is really artistic, and he he like blocked off this one um, you know bathroom in our house. He was like, nobody can come in here because I'm making Christmas gifts. We're like, why are you doing this in the bathroom? Like, I have no idea what this is about. Right. <laughs> But he's hiding in there for hours and hours and hours, and he makes these like amazing gifts for everybody in the family so that were his, you know, eight-year-old imagination. Yeah. Um, like strange paper creation with like <laughs> rock glued to it, and it was beautiful, you know. Yeah. But but I but the the nurturing that thoughtfulness is something that we're always trying to think about. Um, you know, how do we do that in the midst of a season? where everything around us screams, you know, focus on me, me and what me. I want. Yeah. What's going to make it meaningful is what I get. And, yeah. Uh, let's flip the script on that. Yeah. No, that's, I, I love that. You know, speaking of flipping the script, I, this is going to be a very broad generalization. So everyone that's listening, go ahead and know that before you write any emails. But I would, <laughs> and that's Carlos Whitaker. This is Carlos Whitaker at uh, Google.com, Apple.com. No, um, it it's it's not a stretch to say that a lot of dads, at least in my circle, I'm just going to go ahead and, and pull this into my circle, are placing a lot of the expectations for moments and traditions on on the the moms. It's you know it's like, hey, you know, you be in charge of that. I got to make sure that um, you know we we you know I don't know I. I just don't want dads to get off. Yeah. You know, and I don't want, I don't want to let dads get off the hook when it comes to this stuff, you know, like just relying on, um, on our, on our spouses or, you know, if you're from a divorced family, you're co-parenting, relying on again, the mother to do this. Do you have any thoughts on that? On, on maybe even pressing into some dads a little bit this holiday season and saying, Hey, you know, really step up. And if you're stepping up, congratulations. But if you're not, what are some, what are some thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm so glad you raised the question. I think we need some positive peer pressure in this area. Um, Because I think as dads, we've got to stop letting each other off the hook here. Oh, that's good. Um, We let each other off the hook all the time when it comes to really parenting Mm. our kids. And, you know, we're willing to kind of show up and be fun dads sometimes. um, But really taking the weight of it. And, And I think when it comes to memory making, you know, family memory shouldn't fall to one gender um (laughs) so good um because the reality is like we need those memories too you know they're they're part of they're they're part of what helps um our kids feel like they belong Mm. to us yeah Um, this isn't just about moms by a long stretch yeah and i think for kids to know that their dads are um are not just like playing along because mm. it matters to mom. Yeah. But that their 
dads are actively involved in what they're doing as a family and yeah. they're um even that like oh dad planned this you know right like makes a huge difference yeah to a kid who um who needs to know like wow dad's not just thinking about work or thinking about mm-hmm. you know the game he wants to watch or, or whatever it is that like dad does but yeah. like, dad's thinking about me yeah that's uh, good Gosh. and there's so much research about how girls and boys need the presence of their dad they mm. need the intentionality of their dad they need to they need positive messages from yeah. their dad and man we just stink at that sometimes yeah, yeah it's true <laughs> and we stink at reminding each other that mm. we've got we've got to step up yeah um, I, and be I, present i love the the intentionality word that you said because you know I think I think a lot of dads are getting on the bus when it comes to presence. But you were right when you said, "What if the dad plans something that suddenly, in the eyes of my kids, I think that's going to take it to a to a completely different place than if dad just is present when mom shows, you know, some interest and plans something." I absolutely love that. I think that's that's pretty concrete. Um, so listen, as we're kind of wrapping up this conversation, if 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 you could talking to these parents, kind of simplify giving them one cue or kind of one idea or one takeaway when it comes to, again, not just holidays, because maybe somebody's listening to this podcast and it's, you know, February, it's already passed. What, what's, what's a cue that we can give parents when it comes to creating memories, creating moments um, with their families? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things come to mind. Um, you know, I think one, like really decide what's special to your family and then don't be afraid to say no yeah. to other commitments that, that don't fall in line with that. Um, we have so many things coming at us from so many angles around the holidays. So like talk about it, decide, and then don't be afraid don't be afraid to say no. We're not going to go to an event every single night for three yeah. weeks in a row. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. we're going to say no to things so that we can say yes to the things that matter to our family. And, and along those lines, then the second thing would be um, really try to try to think about one win for mm. each family member. That's good. You one know, and, and in most of our families, there's a okay. I'll, true confession: I have a family <laughs> of five extroverts. Okay. okay. So like we're obnoxious to be around and we get our energy <laughs> from more people and you know, like it's, it's a, it's a riot. Yeah. Um, most families are not like that. You know, yeah. most families have a mix and what's a win, like what's a win for your kid who like their idea of a great day is just sitting on the couch reading a book for four hours. Sure. Um, like, can you, can, can you give them that win at some point? Um, yes. you know, what's a win for the teenager who really wants to know, Okay, when am I going to see my friends over yes. the holiday, right? Yeah. I mean, gosh. <laughs> Which is going to be the question my daughter asks pretty much every day, my yeah. high schooler, you know? That, yep. So like, how about we just talk about ahead of time and yeah. make it a, make it a win for her cuz she knows when we're going to say yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. now of course, high schoolers love to plan everything last minute and that's right. going to throw some kinks in our, in our plans. Yeah. So, so so I think, you know, maybe the last thing is how are we going to extend grace to each other this yeah. season? Yeah. That man, as parents, we're going to blow it. Um, our kids are going to blow it. We're mm-hmm. going to be disappointed in each other. We're going to 
something's going to happen that we thought would be a great memory and it really sucked. Yeah. And like, how are we just going to let that go? Show grace, move yeah. on. Yeah. Um, I think if we prep ourselves going into the season to be gracious. Yeah. Maybe we, maybe we are more gracious. Wow. That's, that's, it's so good. I, I appreciate that. Um, those three points. And actually I'm going to ask you one more question that is that I didn't email you and you are not ready for, but just your answer right now brought this up for me. So this is, this is straight up Brad on the whim guys. I'm, I'm throwing him, I'm, I'm throwing him a, a question here. So as you were just talking <laughs> about, um, teenagers, and as as they're growing up, he here's where real we're really running into as a family. Just like you said, suddenly friends become more important than your family traditions. And you know, Halloween just passed, and this was this is so funny because exactly what you said. We have trick or treated as a family since my kids were born. I dressed them up. It's just kind of assumed by my wife and myself. And my 15-year-old sat us down two weeks ago. Hey, mom and dad, is is this a good time to talk? And we're like, yeah, like what's wrong with her? What's she about to tell us? And she <laughs> goes, hey, can um, can we talk about Halloween? And we're like, yeah. She goes, so is there any way I can just hang out with my friends this Halloween? And I'll tell you, it felt, it felt like she told me the worst news I've ever heard in my entire life by my reaction, my mouth dropped wide open. I tried to like not seem so distressed. Like she was breaking up with yes, you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Heather and I looked at us at each other, my wife and I, and we're like, um, of, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can hang out with your friends. And you could tell that, that my daughter had thought about this for a long time. She, she'd approached it. She'd waited until she felt like we were in a space where we could receive this, but it still felt like a kick to the gut. So, I'm just throwing this your way because you really just brought it up. And I, I think it's really valuable when your teenagers and their relationships and priorities and intentions begin to shift towards friendships. What can we do as parents to not to make sure we're not like putting a stranglehold on the relationship and letting them kind of develop into who we've really parented them to develop into? Yeah, yeah. Man, first off, props to your daughter for approaching that yeah. so well. <laughs> I know. I know. She must subscribe uh, to the Full Youth Institute podcast or something. I don't know. It's so good, you know, because a lot of times it's like, um, hey, I'm doing this instead, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we're oh, we're, so we're working with our 15-year-old right now on, yeah. on tact. Yes, know? So I think you your daughter you go. got an extra dose of tact. Um, <laughs> awesome. I think, you know, one thing we've got to realize is when our um, when our kids come at us with these kinds of requests yeah. or demands, it's it's not that they're breaking up with us, you know. That's good, that's good to hear. <laughs> because I think I think what we hear, you know, you know, what she asked was, "Could I hang out with my friends on yeah. Halloween?" And what you heard was like, "I don't want you anymore." Right. Um, <laughs> and, and what our kids are, are, you know, what they're trying to say to us, and they're often not very good at it. Mm. You know, we've got to realize developmentally they're, they're not good at, at saying, um, I guess, maybe the they can't identify what's going on underneath that. Sure. And yeah. what's going on underneath it is really just what you named. They're becoming the adults that we hope they'll become. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, trying not, you know, they're differentiating. Like we can take a step back and, and psychologically and developmentally, we can say there are so many things that are healthy about mm. them wanting to hang out with friends yeah. instead of us. Yep. But what it feels like is rejection. Absolutely. So putting ourselves in a place where we can actually step back from those moments mm. and kind of take, you know, so good. And say, that's an understandable request. Yep. Um, I, I often, uh, will encourage and I'll encourage my wife on this too. Like we don't have to make a decision right in the moment when mm. those things come because, because sometimes we do need to say no, you know, yeah. sometimes we need to step back and evaluate. Well, if you missed this, here's what it would mean to your grandma or sure. to your little brother or, yeah. you know, so there are times we might actually need to say no, Yeah, but other times we need to evaluate why we want to say no. And sometimes it's just that we're being selfish. Yeah. Um, or that we have a scarcity mentality, man, mm. I, that clock starts to tick down. You know, oh, I kind of, sure. I hate, I hate those marbles. Uh, that, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Thanks, Reggie. That, that orange really wants me to use, you know, but like pulling a marble out of the jar is painful because yeah. it means that this clock is ticking down. And, yeah. and, and I got to tell you, especially around the holidays, we can have this scarcity mentality. There's mm. not enough. There's not enough. That's good. Um, let's instead invite God to flip that script within us to an abundance mentality yeah. of, all right, we're going to set some times that we are going to be together. Yeah. And in those times, let's see that as a gift. Like, That's good. look at the time we have. This is amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then there's going to be time that, you know, our kids might scatter to the winds, um, yep. you know, or they might turn us down and, and go hang out with somebody else. And, mm. and some of that, we just, we do need to say yes to because yeah. it's important to them, right? Love and it's it. yeah. part of their development. Yeah. But let's let's take an abundance perspective on the time we do have and just mm -hmm. let it be a gift. That's good. And, and honestly, that's going to help our kids be more honest with us yep. um, uh, moving forward. And that's just a healthier place to be. That's so yep. good. I'll tell you that really goes post Christmas. So let's oh. talk. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Let's talk later. <laughs> oh man, so good. Well. Brad, thanks for really, I'm personally um, thankful that you shared just even this time with me, but I know that a lot of the parents that are listening to the podcast are really grateful as well. And uh, hey, happy holidays. If I don't see you or talk to you before that, thanks for hanging out with Parent Q. Yeah, yeah. Same to you. I always enjoy when we get to talk. I told you guys that was an incredible conversation with Brad Griffin. Brad really drops some knowledge when it comes to handling these expectations. What, I mean, it can get so super stressful and I love, I love, I love the cue. Guys, remember the cue. Um, sure, say no is kind of cue number one. Say no more when it comes to really filling up your holiday schedule. I completely agree, but where I resonated was, was with cue number two which was, and I know we only normally give you one, which is just kind of smush these things together. It's bonus time. Cue number two, remember, ask every member of your family, what is one thing this holiday season that can make it a win for you? So a win for every individual, 
I love how we really kind of, and Brad really led us into a space of realizing that there's different expectations for different members of the family. And so many times as parents, we can just shove our expectations down our kids' throats. Why don't we bring them into the conversation as well? Brad, thank you so much for that conversation. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed that. Something else that we have for you guys is talk about a moment-making manual for the holiday season. We have over at theparentq.org slash episode 51. We've got an advent calendar for you guys. Now listen, I know, don't just go ahead and stop listening and skip this whole thing. This, if you've got a family, is gold. Why? Why is it gold? Why is it gold? Carlitos, tell me. Well, listen, it is a advent calendar that, of course, you can go through the advent season with your family. But even more incredible than that, this advent calendar gives you a moment to do with your family, an activity to do with your family that really um, reflects Christ's generosity um, around you, for people around you. Day one, you're going to talk about, obviously, a young couple, Mary and Joseph, they get engaged. What do you do as a family? Do another family member's chore in secret. It gives you that. So what what may, you know, what may be a chore that you can do? I know that there's things that my wife does around the house that I don't do if I secretly did it. Maybe she'll think it's like, you know, the 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 advent uh bunny or something. Uh, not the advent bunny, but don't write us emails on that. You know what I'm saying. You know, and then we'll let's skip to day number 10, right? We're talking about Caesar Augustus and um and w- what happened there in the Christmas story with him, right? And he wants everybody to be registered and counted and then an activity for that day. Choose a family with young kids and offer to babysit for free one night this month. Every single day we give you guys on this calendar a different activity. Guys, this is Moment Making Gold. Head over to theparentq.org slash episode 51 and uh, go ahead and download that for absolutely free. Listen, as always, thank you so much for listening to Parent Q Live. If it's helped you, challenged you, or encouraged you in any way, shape, or form, we would love if you would share it. Tell your friends, tell your grandmas, tell your grandpas, tell your uncles, aunts, cousins, and nephews and nieces. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you guys never miss an episode. And we love it, of course, if you leave us a rating and review. Let's do this. I would like to see five ratings and reviews come in this week on those platforms. Do it. It really helps the show grow as well. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We've got so much more coming at you in the next few weeks. So make sure you stay subscribed for Parent Q. This is Carlos Enrique with the Good Smash Saying, peace up, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Mm-hmm.